build the best football team in the SEC Conference. We're going to build the best football program in the SEC Conference. You have now arrived at Stadium in Fair. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Same corner, same time. Fortunately, we um after a W. How you guys feeling? I'm good. Tennessee week. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. I'm ready for it. Ready to be back in the 352. With my stadium and Gale friends here and all my already fake internet friends. Say stadium and Gale girlfriends? No, just stadium and Gale friends. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can see I, I can see your confusion. I know we got a lot of groupies, Nick, but most of them are male. <laughs> That's nothing, nasty. Nothing work. wrong with that. Dan? Nothing, nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Um hosting Dan in the Kapua suite here. Yep. At, yeah, Brooke and I will be out Friday. Uh, going to try to convince Nick to go to a, to a Salty and maybe swing over to Balls. Uh, it might be the last time I get the chance to go to Balls um, in my uh, in my life if uh, mm. if the things keep trending construction wise in uh, in uh, Gainesville. Yeah, hopefully wow. you don't go to Balls anymore. I got to bring my Balls hat. Got to bring my Balls hat. Might wear that. Um, Man, you know, there's just a lot of college revolved around balls, you know? Same. Mm. <laughs> not, I had a different college experience to you, Dan. <laughs> uh, playing in the box, intramural safety, and then balls. Playing in the All box. Right, show, this show's off the rails early, man. This All is, right. This is the intro. All right. And, and, and your the parents line, still and <laughs> Shout out to my parent, mom. My dad's birthday's next week. They're still listening. And yeah, the live pop, stream. Man. Let's let's restart. Refresh. Right, right. Uh, How's everybody's delete, weekend? Delete, delete all this. <laughs> How's everybody? Super super producer Cam, take this off the podcast. Yeah, no, don't do it. Uh, I had a good weekend. You know, we got the dub. I got the dub in both in both aspects. My son team, they're two and one now. They're on a two game winning streak. So mm. shout out to them boys. Uh they got the dub. We got rained out on Saturday and had to play yesterday. So uh, two W's. It's just a whole lot of relaxation. You know, I haven't been to the stadium yet, so we'll go down to Tennessee this coming weekend. But just just vibed out. My Jags got a win, 3-0. and mm-hmm. I went 3-0 and this weekend. Uh, so shout out to that. Probably the second best team in the state. Uh, yep. the Miami, Definitely first. The Miami football Dolphins captivating the nation. Uh, at 425. Tell you what, it's week one. This is y'all vibe. Week yeah, one, y'all gonna captivate y'all gonna captivate everybody week one. We know how to captivating the country, possibly internationally, possibly yeah. an international crowd 
tuning in for Los Miami Dolphins? If it's in Miami, it's definitely an international uh, mm. audience. I'll be honest with you. I've I've been a Dolphins fan for 35 years. 34 years after Bad this times. year, we would have lost that game. Yeah, Not this time. Best team. I, I mean, I don't like to overpromise and underdeliver, but the Dolphins are going to go 20 and 0 this year. Yeah, you definitely over uh, promising. We're gonna wait on that under the under delivering. He's gonna peek his head around the corner any day now. Okay, I know I hate your voice when I hear one. I have no reason to hate. I have the best, you know, quarterback in all the land uh, with Trevor Lawrence. It's only matters. We're just gonna keep getting better and better every week. And when at the end of the season, you guys are gonna be disappointed. I'm gonna be all right. That's how it always works. That's how I worked last year with you guys, man. It's true. But the best part about being a Dolphins fan is that. We're always used to being disappointed, so yeah. can't surprise me, you know? <laughs> I'm not going to catch this one on the chin, you know? Um, I want to give a quick shout-out to uh, the St. P or the Pinellas Gators Club. I watched the Gator game uh, with, with our buddy Paul uh, and his wife and uh, probably 50, 60 Gator fans that were there. Uh, they're dealing with the Spectrum outage, so shout-out to them for figuring out YouTube TV and all that kind of stuff. Uh, a lot of good folks there. Met Jeff Pope from Fango Tickets uh, there as well. Um, so shout out to uh, to them and, and thanks for the warm welcome and and for pushing the podcast to uh, the Pinellas Gators Club. Uh, Stephanie or uh, pardon me, Sarah Stevens is the president. She's awesome. Big fan of the show. So appreciate her uh, as well. Uh, let's get into the show. But before we do that, we do have a question. Uh, we will all three be in Gainesville this weekend. So uh, we will let you guys know. Uh, where we'll be. Uh, we usually have a couple tailgates that we'll bounce around to, but we definitely want to let everybody know. So stay tuned to the, uh, to the Twitter timeline uh, on Saturday um, about where we'll be. And, and we'd love to meet as many of you guys in Silk. I think you're doing a, a vlog there, right? Yeah, we, we, we doing a vlog, man. We hanging out a little bit. Uh, if you got a tailgate, hit us up. You know, yeah. we, we just going to be vibing around. I don't have any particular plans. My plan is just float around, run into as many State of Miguel fans, roll-up fans as mm -hmm. possible, uh, go and check out balls or other establishments, you know, kick it. I was hoping Cantina was going to be open. I could have went by there and, and hung out a little bit. But we just vibing through the city. It should be a packed one. shouldn't be hard to find us if you see, you know, a, lux a, a, a luxurious gray Salt and pepper beard is probably your uncle, man. Thank you. Pull up. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, you are, you are oh, no, this is my beard. Oh, okay. Oh. okay. Yeah. And if you see a big head with a receding hairline, that's me. Mm -hmm. And then you'll see Nick. Um, so uh, we're, we're easy to spot. I think super producer Cam is in the chat saying, we all pulling up question mark. Cam, I think that's a question you have to ask yourself. If you're <laughs> going to be there, then we're all going to be there. And I think uh, Spencer from Spencer's Jerk and Jerky uh, will be there with us as well. So, uh, a whole state. I forgot to. I forgot to real quick. I forgot to give Cam a shout out. Ran into him in Utah. Um, big vibes. Always good to to run into Cam. Oh yeah, yeah. Cam Cam's the life of the party. Cam is yes. the life of the party. Bro, they wouldn't. They wouldn't let me. We left the bar. Uh, they wouldn't let me uh, lime home. I was trying to ride around and get it on a lime scooter. It was like 0. 0.7 miles back to the hotel. I was feeling yeah. great. They shoved me into an Uber. It was like a hijacking. I, I felt like I was being kidnapped, but they 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 dropped me off back in the hotel. A little less fun, I think, than uh, the Lime scooter would have been. Safer. It was safe. Yeah, certain certainly safer. I'm yeah. a, I'm a big scooter fan. Big big uh, big Lime and and Bird fan. Hard to have a bad time. 
Are you riding passenger on the scooter or are you you driving? I mean, it's listen, unless it's uh, your wife, your girlfriend, your significant other, there's no reason for two people to be on a scooter. That being said, driving to the game on Saturday. Now, I've seen the Pouncy twins share like a regular scooter, not one of the lines testing all physics and shocks. Um, I saw three frat bros sharing one scooter uh, on my way in. Um, suspect. You got to be. Ooh. Three on one scooter? That's a, Three that's on one a lot. scooter. Boys are going to be rich uh, one day. You're talking about problem solvers right there. Boys <laughs> got solutions. That's, I mean, listen, there's so many other solutions. Three on one scooter is 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 elite in a crunch, bro. We got to get the class. <laughs> oh, there, there was you plenty. figure out a way to get three guys on a scooter, like you're going to be rich one day. I would have just walked. Like, I mean, yeah. boys. Say. Walk, I'm Uber, cool. Lime scooter, Shit. many other bus. Yeah. Might be yeah. walking funny after that. Um, okay. All right. Um, so I think Dan's, Cam, Dan's having a wild show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cam said golf Friday. Cam, I don't know if I'll make it up uh, in time. Uh, TBD. Uh, but if you're looking to play golf, Cam's Not playing golf. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll see you all there. Let us know. Drop in the chat if you're going to be there. Like I said, we're going to bounce around to a number of different tailgates. Uh, we're going to start tailgating early. I know I'm going to start uh, in the RV lot. Uh, swing over to see Annie, and then I know we're going to bounce around to a few others after that uh, as well. Would love to see as many of you uh, as possible um, when uh, when we see you. So let's get into the Gators game against McNeese State. But before we do that, shout out to our friends over at the Gatorverse. Go visit Gata G A T A Verse V E R S E dot I O if you are looking to support. Florida Gator student athletes. You can get a signed Trevor ETN card uh, on the Gatorverse. You can also get discounts to local restaurants and lodging when you do buy that in Gainesville, Florida. So go again, go check out Gatorverse.io, support NIL initiatives at the University of Florida. And if you have any questions, let us know. But other than that, Gatorverse.io. Uh, and uh, let's get into McNeese State. Gators win 49-7. to Gentlemen, I know McNeese State is not a good football program. A lot of teams haven't played good football programs, but what were your thoughts on the game Saturday night? Uh, we, we say this a lot, Dan. Uh, nobody on no, – none of the players scheduled McNeese. Nobody on the coaching staff scheduled McNeese. You need to beat the teams you're supposed to beat the way you're supposed to beat them. Mm-hmm. Um and that's what Florida did. I think more than anything, I don't take much away from the game other than I think it's a palate cleanser. Um, I, I lived through overtime at FAU, lived through Georgia Southern. Like I've seen these games turn into nightmares. Um, and, and Florida goes out other than, you know, a late score should have pitched a shutout. That was, a, you know, an offensive turnover that turns into points. Um, I think it's just a palate cleanser. Florida hadn't won had lost four straight games. So like there was no club dub in the locker room, nothing really to feel good about after these games. Um, so to me, palate cleanser, gain some confidence, get a bunch of young guys in the game, get them some experience and uh, not much to go over on the game film. I'm assuming turn, turn your attention to Tennessee. Right. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Similar, similar vibes. Love that the, the young boys got to play uh, opportunity to correct some things in the run game. 
Uh, it, it is considering the competition is the competition, but mm-hmm. it, I was concerned with the seven and three carries last week. I didn't think Graham Mertz needed a whole lot of work. Um, after 44 passes week one, we kind of know what, what he can do. Uh, very, very, very stiff competition, I thought, last week. So um, I like what his attempts was at around 17. I, I, would, I would love to have him between 17 and 25. Uh, I don't think 17 is, is a, a number you can stand on in SEC play, but um, twenty around 25 to 30 uh, in SEC play if we run effectively. So I love to see that the run game featured all three guys. They kind of got their own series uh, between uh, Trey Young Webb, uh, uh, Montreal Johnson, and Trevor Etienne. Uh, we, we uh, I thought um, Graham Merce was accurate. He's mm-hmm. doing it at, at almost 74% right now on the completion rate. Mm-hmm. Um, he's at like five, 200, 526 yards total. Mm-hmm. I think he's playing really good football. Uh, he's played some stiff competition and some easy competition, but mm-hmm. he's been in command. Uh, like that, we got a deep shot down the field. I do want to see him work in some more receivers, and every every quarterback has their favorite target. So I expect him to have somebody. And, and Ricky Pearsall being his favorite target, I'm not mad at that. Uh, like to see, I like what I saw to Eugene Wilson. Every time he touched the ball, he's super explosive. Uh, want to see more of all this Bortonham. Uh, J- Jonathan Odom just doesn't look like he he's all the way back. I know they're saying he's 100, percent but it just doesn't look. Uh, it look he looks a little slow. Um, so just just happy with the output. Bryce Thornton surprised me. He mm-hmm. got some good minutes. Uh, I think Jordan Castell led the team in snaps on the defense side of the ball with 27. Uh, love love all the young boys. Jakeem Jackson needs to come down with that pick next time, but he's jumping routes, looking like a, a future you know number one CB one type guy. Um, just love all the young players playing. I think TJ seriously deserves more minutes. He's special. I don't know who was doing the rankings and the stars and stuff, but he's a guy that can contribute and play right now. The thing I liked about this game, McNeese State is going to be a team that's going to play their starters damn near the whole game because they, 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 they're fighting. So I saw their starters in. So when we bring our, our two deep in, three deep in, they're getting the same look as our ones. So you get to see, uh, the you know, Different players on different levels of the depth chart play the same competition, play the same offensive tackles, and you get to see who who's more productive. Um, I haven't looked at any PFF, but just looking at number nineteen, he's different. I mm-hmm. think he's he needs more snaps earlier in the, earlier in the game. I think he can make a difference on the other side of the ball. His get off, his strength is, is next level for a true freshman. Um, but overall, not mm-hmm. a bad game. We got to figure out special teams. Another special teams blunder. Missed mm-hmm. that uh, had a had a whole incident with with the extra point that should be mm-hmm. automatic every week is just something man clean it up i do like we only had four penalties for 20 yards mm-hmm. um so the dis- discipline was better this week at home but that's it's like summarize it uh, yeah. week three is the measuring stick for me yeah no so cersei's got an e grade on pff uh five tackles half tackle for loss i think you're just going to continue seeing him uh get more burn He's, he's, yeah. he's different. Let's look at some of the, the PFF stuff. Uh, like you said, Silk, Graham Mertz, uh, they have him throwing 18 passes. Uh, I know the uh, the statutes at 17, but uh, when blitzed, he was 5 of 7 for 61 yards, not blitz 9 of 11 for 81 point or for 132 yards. Sorry. Uh, Silk, you made a good point. Um, do want to see them stretch the field uh, a little bit more. Uh, I tweeted about it, and that's when they had that 50-yard bomb uh, to score a touchdown. Uh, Graham Mertz only 
threw uh, six passes or seven passes, pardon me, uh, beyond 10 yards. He uh, completes four of those. Uh, so want to see a little bit more when it comes to uh, to to first down throws or, or 10 plus yard throws. Uh, but so far, you know, his numbers uh, on the year are, are strong, um, you know, 70, almost 74 percent, 526 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, but again, I think that you saw the rushing attack, which was nowhere to be seen against Utah. They go for 327 yards, six total touchdowns, uh, rushing the ball, including all of the, uh, the running backs getting, uh, at least one touchdown tray on web, uh, gets two. Uh, I think for all intents and purposes that you did exactly what you wanted to do. Um, you had a, a walk on, I believe fumble, uh, there at the end, uh, they had a short field. They go and score uh, a touchdown to, uh, to not pitch the shutout. Ultimately the spread was 46. So if you had the Gators plus or a uh, minus 46, unfortunately bad beat there at the end of the game uh but winning 49 to 7 is what you want to do uh i wrote them down silk you've mentioned a lot of them i thought jakeem jackson uh played really well i thought jordan castell played really well i thought bryce thornton played well uh tj searcy played well and i thought shamar james of course uh continued to play uh really really well want to still see a little bit more uh, out of our defensive line, um, I know uh, Princely uh, got his first sack. Uh, I think it was in the third quarter. Uh, still not seeing the push that I think that they were expected to have uh, this season when we talked about them before. Uh, but ultimately, that's probably still the biggest area of opportunity. I thought pass blocking did well. Run blocking was improved. But again, um, you know, it, it's the competition uh, that they are playing with. But you end Just the speak game. On. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Just no, the good. pad level of 99 needs to be better. I'm with you with the push. You know, I, I just think, like, it was tough this game because they got rid of the ball so quick mm -hmm. uh, to really gauge it. But I'm with you. I just think the get off, and, and I just seen the better get off from, from some of the younger guys. Uh, and I, I don't know if Cam Jackson is more suited for, for run uh, than he is pass. And I would like to get his PFF numbers to see what the difference and like, how effective he is uh, when, when teams drop back to pass. Um, because I would like to see a better get off as well. I didn't mean to cut you off, Dan. I just no, you're you're fine, and I, I can pull those up uh, for you right now. Uh, on run plays, Cam Jackson, they get great. Hit him a 72 uh, on on run plays, and then uh, in pass rush, they ranked him a 58.4. Um, so didn't he only played? Um, they only had three pass rush grades for Cam Jackson. So, you know, again, it's a small sample size uh, as a whole. Um, but, you know, definitely run defense was was stronger for, for him in that game. Uh, overall, PFF, the, PFF has him rated – PFF has him rated 32nd of 37 guys who have played on the defense, um, but, like, within a 1.2 points between um, – like pass and rush. Yeah. And there just wasn't probably enough plays. You know, the Gators were cycling out a lot of people, you know, in the game, even early on in the game. So, so not a huge sample size there. If you go through PFF, they ranked the Gators in 80.8 .8 overall uh, on offense, pass blocking, got an 88.4. That was their highest um, position group or, or, or position rating on defense. They gave him an 80.4. Um, sorry, offense was a 71.5 overall defense was an 80.4 overall, uh, rush defense was the highest with 84.9 and then coverage, uh, not far behind it. 81.5. Uh, um, I thought 
coverage was was strong. You know, Silk, you mentioned uh, that that play with Jakeem Jackson. It didn't even look like he was trying to intercept it. Uh, but I think next time uh, he goes for that interception, I think he had an extra step in him. Uh, but a great pass breakup uh, there. My, my my uh JUCO coach, I was playing JUCO ball, and I and I did something similar, right? So I, I come across on, on a post route, I knocked the ball down, and, and back then it was the throat slit, you know, that was the thing in my old days. It's been now. I do this, I come to the sideline, got the field. My coach said I can get anybody to knock the ball down, son. Uh, like catch that. You need. I need you to come down with the ball, and that that always stuck with me. Anybody can knock it down, bro. Are you in a position because you're super athletic, you're super instinctful? Grab that ball, be a ball mm-hmm. hole. You know, think that you're on offense. Uh, he's he gonna snag that next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, PFF top 10 defensive players Jakeem Jackson, Shamar James, Jamari Lyons, TJ Searcy, Jalen Kimber, Cam Jackson, Justin Pellick, Miguel Mitchell, Jack Pyburn, and Jaden Robinson round out the top 10. Um, Nick, you mentioned Jordan Castell gets the most snaps. Jason Marshall, then Miguel Mitchell, uh, then Jalen Kimber and Manny Nunnery uh, ran at the top five. Yeah, I think Jordan Castell, the only player on defense that has played more snaps than him is Jason Marshall. Uh, and there's really no need to take Jason Marshall off the field unless he's tapping his helmet and you know needs to sit. You guys surprised Kamari Wilson hasn't played as much this year? No. No, I think we all kind of uh, talked about it. He had a spark during camp, and, and then we were we saying maybe we were wrong, but I think it's kind of playing out uh, the way we've all been, you know, hearing um, throughout the offseason a little bit. Shout out to Jaden Hill, uh, who, who played a, a a good game, considering the competition, but I thought he played a good game at the star position and uh, was in position. I thought he made some tackles behind the line of scrimmage, made some plays in the, in the passing game. So he, he was super effective, I thought, yeah. this week. Miguel Mitchell, J, uh, Jakeem Jackson was number one overall in coverage uh, for the defense. Miguel Mitchell, number two, Jaden Hill, three, and Jalen Kimber, four. So uh, overall great game by the uh, the defensive backs there. Uh, Jaden the Hill Gators. graded out better against McNeese than Utah, which gives credence to Dan's life motto as the season goes as Jaden Hill goes. Things that, you know – Oh, is, man, do that. I thought we wasn't um, gonna do that. We can't do that two years in a row. You got to change. Can't help myself. Can't help. Myself. Uh, if you are I'm, watching, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna help you help yourself. Uh, <laughs> we're not gonna do that. Smash that like button. Smash that like button. Um, appreciate that fragrance journey. Uh, so that's where we're we're at on defense. Let's uh, let's break down uh, offense a little bit more uh, from PFF. Just give me one second here. Offense. Uh, top 10 players on offense, Montreal Johnson, Ricky Pearsaw, Taylor uh, Spirito, Trevor Etienne, Eugene Wilson, Damian George. Uh, big improvement from him. Uh, Nijay Harris, Graham Mertz, Aiden Mizell, and then Christian Williams, uh, who is a, a left guard. Um, on offense, uh, Eugene Wilson, again, shows, put the ball in his hands, and he's going to make uh, some uh, some big plays there. Uh, Graham Mertz plays the most snaps on offense. Then Ricky Pearsall, then Jake Slaughter, Richie Leonard, Caleb Douglas, Eugene Wilson, Damon George, Najee Harris, Lindell Hudson gets a bunch of snaps there at left tackle. And then Hayden Hansen gets uh 40 snaps himself at tight end. Yeah. Offense. Also any offensive thoughts. 
No, I like I like just like we got to see uh Max Brown play a little bit. Um he connected with Aiden Mazel on, on on a fairly decent route. I was thinking it was like what twenty something yards, something like that. Uh, so I'm glad that we got to see more guys. I spoke about the efficiency of, of Graham Mertz. He's playing better than I think most people uh, gave him credit for all summer. You know, he was going to be a terrible football player. So he's efficient. Offense is efficient. I think the real measuring stick is this week. We'll see where we're at with it. The run game can do what he could do in the swamp with a crowd playing ahead. This team is going to be a little different with that defense. You got the home field. So I would like to see us jump out. Getting a little bit ahead of myself talking Tennessee, but that's the real measuring stick for me right now to see where the offense is at. I saw you tweet that, that people were talking. Am I lumped into that? I don't think I've been a Mertz hater. I was just. I no, no. I'm, I was talking. I said trashing his name. There's a difference than being mm-hmm. critical. You know, it's, that's yeah. that's rational to be say, I don't know. This guy wasn't the best at Wisconsin. I'm not expecting a whole lot of him coming to Gainesville. That's rational. But it was some people out there just waking up every morning mad at Billy Napier for bringing in <laughs> Graham Mertz and just dragging his kid's name. I think it's it's not it's unhealthy fan fanism. Like to be real with you, like this is a whole person. Okay, if you disagree with the kid coming over or the take, that's all cool. You get your take off, but every day the slanderous stuff, people making jokes and memes about the kid every single day. It was it was over the top. And now the kid like he could play ball a little bit, man. He ain't I like him. I'm just going to be keeping it a bean. I want to see the kids to see. I like what I saw so far. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to fluff anything. He got some moxie about himself. He put his body on the line. He tough. looks in command of the huddle. He's a tough mm-hmm. kid, bro. And I like his mindset. I like the way he's built. He's a leader. So yeah. I'm rocking with him. But the, the slander this kid got all, all season was insane. Some of y'all got to get a grip. Yeah. Touch I think there was, like, there was like a, a gift that was popular right after he signed, and it's of him in Wisconsin, and it's like flashes. Graham Mertz is not good. Um, I think he's proven a lot of haters wrong. I think he's doing as much, if not more, than we expected out of him so far two games into the season. Uh, I like his energy. I like his enthusiasm. I like his engagement on the sideline, too. Uh, He's around his team all the time. He's not standing off by himself. So those are things that you want and see out of a a leader, and you you want that out of your quarterback position uh, with the group, trying to get coached up, trying to get better. So everything that you've seen out of Graham Mertz so far, I've been – more than impressed by is he going to win the Heisman Trophy? No, probably not. Is he going to be a a top two or three round draft pick at quarterback? I don't know. But right now, what we thought Graham Mertz might be, and all the slander that he got about how many quarterbacks that the you know Billy Napier looked at and everything else before they finally settled on Graham Mertz, I think you have to pause all of those those harsh takes that you had and say, hey, you know this guy's doing what we've asked him to do. The one turnover he has. Maybe a miscommunication on a route. Ricky Pearsall goes right through his hands. Other than that, I think that he's done just about anything that you want out of him and more. Would like to see some more downfield passing, but this is this is what we have so far, and, and they're moving the football. I think that the Gators scored on every drive all the way up until the fumble, right, Nick? Uh, Scoring their first seven. First seven drives. Were, yeah, first seven drives of the game. Um yeah, that, I still, the I still one don't that, like the, the pace. One... I still don't like the pace. I would say like, I like that we were scoring, but sometimes, like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's just the pace. I think is a little off. The feel of the game, like we did, we was going to impose our will on the team regardless. Um, we did. We were productive. We were efficient, but I don't know. It seems like we're missing some sauce there, and, and we'll. I want to monitor it throughout the season, but there is some 
chemistry that a good play caller has, you know, to set mm-hmm. things up, you know, and I'm, I'm not seeing that part of the game. And, I, and we'll let it we'll let it all play out. We got Tennessee a big week. Hypo is one of those guys that can that can that can coach coach. I don't know if he has a quarterback to execute, mm-hmm. but um, I, I don't I'm not seeing that part of the play calling, you know. Yeah, I, I don't Florida, know if you're in this Hold on week. one second. Hold on one yeah. second, Nick. Nick, Florida ranks fifteenth uh, in the uh, in FBS in in time of possession. Uh, definitely don't rank up there on uh, a number of offensive plays, though. I don't think that you'll see it this week, just with um, the the rate at which Tennessee operates, moves on offense. I don't know that you want to. Hey, we need to try to match that. That's not your game. I don't think you try to go outside of your box, outside of your lane and try to match Tennessee. And you might just say, hey, we might need to slow it down on offense just to get our defense a break. Because, like, Tennessee is no pit stop, gas tanks full, 100 miles an hour. They're trying to run, you know, 150 plays a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got to dial that back with Big Joe. Uh, all day <laughs> they they be some fast three and outs, bro. I think they're going to have to slow it down a little bit with Joe. His accuracy and moving the chains isn't as good as what they had last year. So um, I hope they come out there real fast and give us two quick three and outs type. type. So that would be perfect. But I'm with you with the pace-wise. We can't try to go. I just think it's moments in the game where you can. Sure. And being able to pick your spots, and that's – I think the feel for football and the feel for being an elite play caller isn't analytical. I think it's a talent and it's a feel for the game, you know. And I think most of the stuff we're doing is ran off of analytics, and that's just my take right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to keep harping on OCs every week of, of the season because we're not going to get an OC. I think that's just terrible communication and media from my standpoint. I got a take on it. I think we need to change something with the play caller and the OC, but – for us to complain about it every week on Twitter every day. It's like the grand merch thing, like asking for something that's not going to change uh, from week to week is just a waste of time. But um, I do want to see some different chemistry from that. So I don't know if it's a passing game coordinator or what mm-hmm. it may be. Yeah. So uh, looking back, uh, Gators again, do win 49 to 17 game or 49 to seven. Pardon me. Game does look uh, overall Strong for the Gators. They they move the ball uh, at will. Do want to point out uh, something else as well. Obviously, this was a, a major Achilles heels for the Florida Gators last year. Uh, Gators allowed almost 50% on third down last year. Uh, it was, I think, the worst or second to worst in uh, the FBS uh, as a whole uh, last season. Uh, right now, the Gators, uh, let me just get the exact number here. Sorry, I had it and then got off of that screen. Uh, the Gators right now uh, rank seventh in the country, allowing just five of 23 on conversions for 21.74%. Uh, uh, so a drastic improvement uh, for the Gators overall. And then if you're looking at total defense, the Gators rank as the number three overall defense in the country, just behind Air Force and Memphis. Um, so again, you play who's on your schedule and you beat the teams the way you're supposed to beat them. Uh, but right now you got to give Austin Armstrong, uh, some flowers, two games into the season that the Gators right now, uh, had the number three defense in the country. Yeah. Big week for him versus Hypo. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he, if he could, you know, dial up some stuff, we're going to need pressure on Milton. Uh, I, if, I hope that hopefully we can get home with the front four, but if not, you know, we got to put pressure on them. We at home. And I and I expect that. So um, I'm ready to see what Austin Armstrong looks like versus 
you know, one of the, the top play callers, I think, in college football right now and hype on his crew. So we'll Absolutely. see what's up. Absolutely. Two other notes that we do want to mention before we get out of here. Uh, defensive back Jadarius Perkins has announced that he will be transferring uh, after the season is over. His former number 27 is now Dijon Johnson's number. He makes the switch from 26. I don't even know if they washed the jersey. Yeah, they just took the name like, plate right off that. and <laughs> gave him that. Yeah, so so he's gone. Uh, and then Dakota Mitchell, uh, another defensive back, uh, Richard sophomore, I believe, uh, has announced that he's going to be medically retiring from the University of Florida. Uh, he did say that he's going to get his degree from UF uh, as well, which is smart because we want to give the Wall Street Journal a shout out for ranking UF as the number one public school in the country. Uh, so shout out to the University of Florida. With that, we do have Trey Wallace from Outkick joining the show to talk to us a little bit about Tennessee, but give a quick shout out to our friends over at Home Field Apparel. Go visit them, Home Field Apparel. Dot com use promo code stadium and gale at checkout you will get 15 percent off of your order when you do so again stadium and gale.com promo or pardon me uh, homefieldapparel.com promo code stadium and gale trey how are you doing today my friend i'm good uh crazy weekend in tuscaloosa uh mm. with texas and alabama but uh excited for another wild week of college football not a great week of college football. This is is one of our marquee matchups uh, this week. I know somebody asked in the group chat or in the chat here if uh, game day was going to be yeah. in Gainesville. They will not be. Yeah. They will be heading to Colorado uh, for that game uh, to go see the Colorado-Colorado State game. But, uh, Trey, I know that you're a little bit short on time today. So uh, give us what what we should know about Tennessee this week. Yeah, you know, look, it's going to be a – first off, I'll, I'll never pick Tennessee to beat Florida in Gainesville until they actually prove to me they can beat Florida in Gainesville. Um, they, find, they, find, they find really interesting ways to lose that game in Gainesville over the last nearly 20 years. They have. What, it was the Felipe game, and then it mm-hmm. was Felipe, the Greer Tyree, game, Greer. Uh, Big Ben, Jill, Train, something like that. Jim McElwain dialed up something. Antonio Callaway gets loose. Um, just a bunch of face-planted uh, Tennessee coaches on the sideline. Yeah, yeah man. It's, it's such a – it's such a – look, it, it's such a hated rivalry between both fan bases and the players on the squads. They're all recruited by the, the, the same coaches. And, and, and this week, you know, Tennessee, you know, I was watching them from the press box. I had them on my iPad pulled up, and they are playing Austin P. and they looked like a team – that was on Austin P's level. They they just didn't take them seriously at all. And and Austin P made them pay for it. I mean, that game was that game was a that was a 10-point game in the fourth quarter. Um, but look, this is this is gonna be a different matchup because you've got a guy like Joe Milton who's still trying look, he's got a hell of an arm, but after watching it Saturday and going back, he's still trying to figure out the accuracy part. Um, the best thing for him in a sense, is that he has worked with these receivers for the last two years. The receivers that you're seeing now for Tennessee have been on the second string for the last two years. So so the connection is there. When you look at something that I think Tennessee could take advantage of Florida, it's the three-headed monster at running back with Jabari Small, Jalen Wright, and you got Dylan Sampson. Those guys are quick. They're powerful. They can get up the middle. 
And if Cooper Mays plays this weekend, Tennessee center, who's been out for the last month because of the surgery, a small surgery, if he can play this weekend, which I think he's given it a go, he dressed against Austin P. I think he plays against Florida. Um, then, then that changes the offensive lineup for Tennessee. We're there in a more comfortable spot now with their starting center. They can move a guy like Adi Lane, you know, over the left tackle if needed. But, um, but man, look, Tennessee's going to try to go fast. You know, in, in the last time Josh Heupel was in Gainesville, it was a wake-up call for him. He took his veteran wide receivers. You all guys remember that. He, he missed a wide-open Jimmy Callaway. You probably don't remember the player. But he missed uh, – Hendon Hooker missed a player down the sideline. The wide receivers are all right attack. But that was the turning point game for Josh Heupel, that loss in Gainesville, because he took his three veteran wide receivers – outside the bus and said, hey, look, we're going with you now for the rest of the season. This is all on you. We're not giving any more tryouts to players. This is on you. What they do, they go beat Missouri by 61 points, and you've seen what kind of success they've had since then. Saturday's a different animal. I mean, uh, look, there, there are ways that, that Florida's offense could take advantage of, of Tennessee at the linebacker position without Keenan Pill. Tennessee lost its starting linebacker. Um, to a tricep injury. Mm. And, and I'm very curious to see, guys, how they're able to – after watching Florida, they do a lot of the backfield stuff, um, a lot of the swing passes, a lot of the dip downs. I'm very interested to see how Tennessee tries to control that. That's what stands out to me. It's I, I, Covering Florida for a while, I saw Joe Milton um, as a junior in high school Friday Night Lights. I saw him at Michigan – um, I saw him at Tennessee before he lost his starting job. He did the uh, he watched Anthony Richardson in the offseason goes, man, all I have to do is like plant my feet and throw a ball 80 yards in the air. And they're going to start talking to me about like a, a dark horse Heisman. So like you gotta I flip got to flip. I, I, well, that's, that's just a Florida thing. If you, and Anthony Richardson, we do claim him in South Florida, was born in Miami. Uh, that's a South Florida thing. So that's just a, a natural. That's like leaving church. Got to flip down the steps. Ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, Mills like, from Pahokee, so he had to flip ready to go. So first round like, on deck, Trey. <laughs> like, am I am, am I wrong in thinking like he's twenty three years old? He's been in college uh, as long as I have. Um, yep. It, it, what what makes him different? I, I think I know who Ooh. Joe Milton is. He's not Hendon Hooker. Now I do give Josh Hype a lot of credit. And I said before the year, if Joe Milton has that kind of season then give Josh Heupel an extension because, like, he, he is then just a quarterback whisperer and, and the offense works. But, like, I don't see Joe Milton getting appreciably better in the accuracy department in his fifth or sixth year of college. Here's Ooh. what makes Joe Milton different. He's never he's not going to be a Hendon Hooker, so people out there don't try to compare him to Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker was special. Mm-hmm. Joe Milton can be special, but the biggest thing he had going for him, Nick, is that he's had two years now – to sit behind Hendon Hooker and learn, first off, and then learn the offense. Get that down pat. That Josh Hype offense is difficult to understand. The checks, the reads, everything you put into it. I think Joe Milton, he he understands what he's supposed to do when he gets to the line of scrimmage. I can't say that he had that at Michigan. I can't say that he had that in his first two games at Tennessee two years ago. I think now he understands what he has to do. He understands if Squirrel Right, Squirrel White is, is is giving him the signal on the far right side saying, hey, look, I can beat this guy on one-on-one. Okay, let's check off and go there. It, it, and that's the biggest thing to me. And it's also the running ability. 
you know, Joe Milton was, yes, he showed flashes at times that he can run the football, but they're now letting him scramble outside the pocket, which I think is key for Tennessee's offense. They cannot have him just sitting in the pocket and trying to make plays. It's not going to work. You're going to get Florida will suffocate Joe Milton on Saturday if he just sits in the pocket. I mm-hmm. think, you know, what overall, you know, Joe Milton can be a guy that could lead the SEC in passing in, in yards. Okay. But I think what, what will potentially hold him back, it's not his fault, is that Tennessee really is going to try to offset this thing with a running game. When mm-hmm. in the past, they really didn't have that. Even with Hendon Hooker, look how many times Hendon Hooker ran the football last year. They didn't trust. Jabari Small was hurt all last season with a shoulder injury. Jalen Wright was banged up at times. So now they actually have a running game, so you're not going to see as much, you know, passing from Joe Milton in a sense of 40 attempts a game or something along those lines. So that's where if you're Florida, you got to take advantage of Tennessee. You stop their running game. You make Joe Milton have to throw the football in front of 90,000 fans on a Saturday night in Gainesville and you make him uncomfortable. And if he gets so uncomfortable that things go bad, do we start to see Nico over the next two or three weeks? A lot goes into this game mm-hmm. Saturday night. Trey, Trey, what outside of physical uh, capabilities that Joe Milton has, has Tennessee fan? and I'm not saying that you are convinced this way, um, sure. has Tennessee fans convinced that he could be a Hendon Hooker because he's athletic, can run the ball, has a powerful arm? Because I've seen – six years worth of Joe Milton's stats and I Florida was recruiting him and there was a big part of our fan base that wanted him seven years ago. Right. So over time, I just don't know. I let that high. Yeah, he did. I've got, I've got two questions. I seen the vision before he got four stars. I was like, I went to a random camp. Like this kid's got a fucking cannon, man. Like who is this kid? And it was like Joe Milton. He's from Orlando. And I found out he's from Pahokee. So I had to jump on the bandwagon. I was trying to give him to Florida, and it didn't work out. That's what Silk does. So I've, I've got that, that question. A follow-up question is, yeah. what's, what's convincing Tennessee fans, or is it kind of blind faith that because he has that skill set that he could do it? And then my second question is netting things out. Obviously, Tennessee had great wide receivers last year. They lose a number of them to the NFL in graduation. And then I know that you said that the running game has improved. How does that net out from last year's Tennessee offense uh, with an improved running game, decreased wide receiver production, and all of that? Um, those are my questions. Well, real yeah. quick, I don't know that Tennessee fans are sold on Joe Milton, especially when you've got Nico. Well, they sitting, were. Sitting they in, were. In the range. See, and they are like, they're sold on Joe Milton because Josh Heupel is sold on Joe Milton. Ooh. They trust Josh Heupel. They saw what Josh Heupel did with Hendon Hooker over two seasons. And Tennessee fans are like, well, wait a minute. If he can do that with Hendon Hooker for two years, and he's had Joe Milton in his QB room and and meeting every single day and learning and all that, that's where they trust Joe Milton. It's not – look, I was talking to a couple people inside the building. It's like, Okay, yeah, he overthrew some passes on Saturday. He wasn't really calm in certain circumstances. But the thing that gives Tennessee fans, in my opinion, a piece of chill out is that Josh Heupel is the one that trusts him to do this. If Josh Heupel didn't, probably would have gone out and got themselves another quarterback in the transfer portal. But they didn't. They trusted Joe Milton to do it. So I just, I just look at it as – 
I just look at it as two years of culmination getting to this point. But there's also something that stands behind that. Josh Heupel's not going to let this season go to hell in a handbasket if he thinks he can give his backup quarterback a shot at this thing and all of a sudden, you know, Nico plays and he's decent, but he's getting better over time. You don't want to – but but then on the flip side of that, and this is just a very honest opinion, the first time Josh Heupel yanks Joe Milton from a game, that is it for Joe Milton. There's no coming back from that. So that's why you're going to see him have a very, very long leash when it comes to being on that field. He stuck around the program for two years. He was a starter two and a half years ago. He hasn't, you know, he's learned everything Josh Heupel can. He's been, you know, like a son figure to him. But knowing that, okay, if you take him out, it's all about Nico. And Tennessee fans will just dive into that phenomenon that is Nico, and then they'll turn their back on Joe. Not in a mean way, but they'll say, well, wait a minute, if Hop Hypo's doing this, then we got to roll with it. Mm. That's the biggest thing that stands out to me, too, about Milton. And then when you look at it from a net, I mean – Look, when you lose Jalen Hyatt, who's playing last night for the Giants, who looked like absolute shit, not him, but the Giants did. And for then sure. you've got Sed Tillman that's out there playing for the Browns this season. He's going to be a factor. And you're, and you're returning. Got Velas Jones was there. He's with the Bears now. Your returning guy, mm-hmm. you know, is Brew McCoy, the USC transfer, mm-hmm. who looked solid last year. Uh, you got a guy like Squirrel White who's a speedster. I think everybody saw him in the Orange Bowl game, make a couple of great plays. And you got a guy like Ramel Keaton, who feels like he's been around Knoxville for eight years. Um, and he's and he's somebody reliable that Joe Milton can count on. I think when you try to weigh out the difference between last year and, and this year is that, again, I go back to it. It's like the offensive line might not be as good as last season, but they do have the running backs – to be able to offset what the passing did last year. Like, it's not going to be a ground and pound from Tennessee, but it does set you up very nicely to be able to throw the play action in there. I promise you, in the first five plays of the game, Tennessee's probably going to test Florida twice downfield. And I'm very interested to see if there's separation on that outside. Um, so, it, it look, it's a, a complicated matchup. Because there's so many unknowns. There's unknowns for Tennessee. There's unknowns for Florida. Um, Tennessee is going to try to just bulldoze Graham Mertz on Saturday. Put as much pressure as they can on him. Force him to make mistakes inside the pocket and outside the pocket and get him on the run. Tennessee does have some experienced secondary players and linebackers to be able to get up and get pressure. But the big, you know, one of the biggest things to me is, is that can Tennessee go turnover free? If they go down there and they they put the ball on the ground two or three times, Florida's going to win the football game. If they can prevent that, then I think Tennessee has a shot. Again, not predicting Tennessee to win. I'm actually just going to go ahead and predict Florida to win right now. I don't even care about how many points just because Tennessee has proved they can do it. Don't do that, Trey. You heard you heard it here first. Trey Wallace of Outkick says Florida 65, Tennessee 0. You know Tennessee's only beaten Florida five times ever in Gainesville? Yeah, dude, that's bad. Like, it, 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 <laughs> yeah. it, 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 you got Tennessee fans who will not travel to Florida, not because of the fans or not because of the, you know, the the heated remarks that they might receive in a tugger. 
They just know, damn, they go to Florida, there's probably a good chance you're losing that football game by something crazy-ass happening. Yeah, wasting that bread. <laughs> uh, what's, your, what's your opinion on the Florida Gator offense so far, Trey? Yeah, I mean, look at it. Look, I, and I've, I've texted Nick a couple times about this, and, and, and I feel like they got too one-dimensional, in a sense, against Utah with the way that they were, you know, Graham Mertz gets in trouble. What's the first thing you do? He, he throws a bubble screen. Um, he gets outside the pocket, you know, you're running a five, seven yard out. Um, to me, they got to open it up a little bit more, man. They have got to be able Corey, mm-hmm. to, to, you know, t- 20 yard outs, you know, make that, make the secondary get tested. Now, look, I, I'm going to go back and watch some film of their game this past weekend. I was caught up doing another game, but you know, going off that Utah game and I know it's one game, but I, I, I look at Graham Mertz and I think, okay, this is the same quarterback that we saw at Wisconsin, but he's in a different formation. He's, he's got more room to be better. I give Florida credit for that. Throwing him in shotgun. Now and then you're running a read option with Graham Mertz and whatnot. But then, you know, you got the Florida receivers have got to find him space. And if they can do that, I think they can against the Tennessee secondary. Then that gives them the opportunity, gives him the opportunity to be successful. But, you know, my biggest concern is if Tennessee brings six and gets after Merch, what kind of mistake is he going to make? You know, because Tennessee is faster on defense than they were in the past. Now, Tennessee does not have, I like to call it, an FU player. A guy Ooh. that when he gets off the bus, you know that some bitch is going to be tough all game sure, long. Sure. They don't have that right now along the defensive line. That's what kind of that. worries me. Um, they got off the edge, they'll be fine, but just straight up the middle defensive line, no. So it, it's um, Graham Mertz can he can have success against Tennessee, but he's going to have to be a hell of a lot better than than what I've seen uh, to win in the SEC, which you guys all know that. No doubt. It, um, it, it's it's interesting to me <clears throat> when you mentioned that about uh, the receivers getting separation. I don't know that we've seen that from Florida in a good way this year. And and I don't think we saw it for the four years that Billy Gonzalez was coaching receivers for Dan Mullen. And I think Billy's a a great coach. You look at how many guys he's put in the league, but that's been an issue, I guess, you know, five out of the last uh, six years and five of those years are when Billy gets, I'm listening. They didn't get a ton of separation last year either. Um, yeah. but that, that'll be, that'll be something to watch, watch for. I think Graham Mertz, and we've said this, it's a dirty word. I don't think it should be is a game manager. I don't know that if you force Graham Mertz to win you a game, I don't know that he can not saying he can't, but I don't know that he can. I think Florida got back to its identity last week, um, and, and running the football. And then I think if you can get Tennessee to commit to that running game, then I think Graham Mertz does have the capability to, hit a play action, hit some deeper passes, but Florida's going to have to establish the running game, something they weren't able to do against a big physical front seven in Salt Lake City. But, Nick, do you think that – okay, let, let's just put it on the line here. There's 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 a minute and 59 seconds left on the clock in the fourth quarter, and Florida needs to, to drive the field and get in the field goal range. Is Graham Mertz right now, has he shown you that he can be the guy that can start you off at the – I don't know, let's just say 20-yard line and, and drive you 60, 65 yards to get you if set we up. We have eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Our pace of play is slow. Yeah. Yeah, but with Graham Merck's ability, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he could get us in field goal range. Um, 
Right. I haven't seen. I've seen. Well, competition. what's what's field goal range for Florida right now? That's why I asked. I don't know what field goal range is for Florida. Yeah. I, I don't know, I mean, but I, I mean, think you get us to, into what you're normal. Missing, you're missing 31 yarders in Salt Lake in some thin air. So, like, what is field goal range? Yeah, I don't know what the special teams is like. What, what happens once he get once he gets there? But I think Graham Murray. <laughs> I think question, Graham, Graham Murray. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think Graham Murray is good enough to get us in position to win with a minute. I mean, the coaches, you know, urgency, all that matters. But his skill set, I like his ball placement. You know, the one interception he did have. Was wasn't on it hit, hit the receiver. Timing could have been better, you know. That's between the chemistry and the receiver, but you know, technically, ball hit your hands, you got to catch it, and that hit Pearsall in his hands and face mask ends up being an interception. But I just haven't seen him put us in bad positions, uh, make oops like even though when, like those times where where uh, and this is not to compare the two, but when Kyle Travis was on his incredible run, it was a lot of dropped interceptions, and we were just like, whoa, a lot. And I'm just, I'm just not seeing a risky kid that's going to turn over the ball a lot. Are we playing somewhere? possibly safe I, I i don't know uh, i do want to see us scratch the field more but those intermediate throws to move the sticks and keep a drive alive yeah he got that in his bag um i just want to see him scratch the field a little bit more and see the offense get more explosive but i think our answer to that is going to be trey wilson this week um i think there's a lot of of, of design stuff that they're gonna have for him that, that we haven't seen so far week one was you know, his, his coming out party, he only got a couple of touches, but he didn't start. He started last week. Every time he touches the ball, like everybody's on there at the edge of their seat waiting for him to, you know, break one. So I think he's going to be the X factor in this game. Um, how many touches we could get him if the if the inside running game struggles, I think he could get on the edge and get some jet sweeps. Uh, if he gets in a position where one of your linebackers you don't feel good about and it's a one-on-one situation, um, I think he could take something, you know, and, and grab it in space versus a linebacker, make him miss and go to the crib. So that's that's my overall take. I think we're going to be able to run the ball decent. We're not going to be in full-fledged form back. Um, we'll get our center back, so that'll help us a little bit. But I think we got to get, you know, the long bubble screens to work for us to extend the running game and also get some running out on the edge. And that'll loosen up the middle some. But I think somebody like Trey Wilson has to be the X factor this week. I, I just know Nick wants Tennessee to punt about 12 times on Saturday just so he can Left see. Left foot the, and right There foot, you baby. go. Exactly. Right. An electric playmaker. <laughs> Tennessee, Tennessee fans are telling me his left foot's been better this year. Use both Ooh. feet, same time. Show me, how, show me what kind of athlete you are. Earn this Ray Guy vote this week. I'll be Ray. honest with you. I don't know if I've ever noticed what leg a kicker is kicked with. Well, That's a good point. Are... Like, I don't... <laughs> yeah. Do you ever watch and be like, man, I, we have yeah. a lefty kicker this year. We're on. <laughs> yeah, you got a good, 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 man. Well, Tennessee's <laughs> got a switch hitter this weekend. Yeah, That'd be fun and interesting. <laughs> Just the I most dy- possibly the most dynamic player in college football. P- potentially, we, Nick. We know who Nick's going after for the post-game interview on Saturday, period. <laughs> Chasing He's by himself. Field. Yeah, yeah. His family's not even there. Uh, Trey, I know you've got to run, my friend. Uh, let everybody know where they can follow and read every uh, all your stuff. Yeah, you can follow me on uh, X, Twitter, whatever the hell you call it, uh, at Trey Wallace underscore. Follow all my work at outkick.com. Just posted a great fun story on Mel Tucker, uh, which is an absolute yeah, mail, man. East Lansing. So um, just wild stuff and look forward to being in Gainesville this weekend. So appreciate Absolutely. you guys having me on. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Trey. And we'll, uh, we'll see you in Gainesville this weekend. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Trey Wallace, outkick.com.
That's my guy. Damn. I almost called it outcook the coverage, but it's it's not. It's just outkick these days. Mm. Just outkick. Yep. Yeah, uh, Trey's let- locked in. Trey's locked in there in Knoxville. He's got uh, long family ties uh, mm-hmm. to the Vols. Um, close friend of mine. Yeah, sure is. Sure is. Uh, let's get into the Tennessee uh, game for you guys. We got a buy and sell segment: winners and losers, uh, or just winners this week. We're going to pick those. Um, but before we do that, let's give a shout out to Fango Tickets. That's F A N G O Tickets It is a consumer first platform, so there are no fees if you are a buyer of tickets. If you have season tickets for the Gators, the Lightning, the Bucks. Put them on there. You can black out the dates that you're going to that you want to make them sell, make those tickets available. It's a very seamless, very easy to use process. But again, if you're going and looking for tickets for this game this weekend, go check out fangotickets.com. Again, no fees to the buyer. All fee are all prices up front are exactly what you're going to pay. So again, Jeff Pope, Florida Gator uh, alumni, uh, built this website, and we are trying to help him grow. So if you have season tickets, put them on. And if you're looking to buy season tickets, fangotickets.com. All right, boys, I know we talked a little bit about it, uh, but before we get into Tennessee stuff, I want to give a shout-out to those that had super chats. Uh, Chris Sorley said, Trey, can we stop with the hooker talk? Um, people have told me that before too. Uh, you're talking Hendon Hooker. Uh, Milton and his re- receivers are not comparable to last year's team. It's a new season. Relax, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, we answered that question for you. And then Russell Swick. Sorry, I joined so late if it's already covered. I know Trey is not Percy, but is slash could he be the closest one to Percy since Percy? I said this earlier. I don't know if people took it as disrespect. I don't mean it like that. It's it's, it's sarcastic. Um, but like he is a middle middle class Percy. Um, he's got a nice house in the suburbs. Um, gets his lattes at Starbucks. Jiggy ball. I mean, it's hard, hey, it's hard hey, he drives. He drives. He drive, listen, he drives a nice a nice SUV. Uh, luxury class. Like the kid's exciting. But like Percy. We need to stop comparing people to per- like Percy. No, we don't. In our generation, you need measuring like, sticks. You need measuring sticks to to make motherfuckers go ball. I'm sorry about the well, language. Well, you need Trey, these well, measuring sticks to Percy hold people what? accountable. Percy was what six foot two hundred. Trey's right. five ten in cleats, one eighty. But like Trey Wilson, when he touches the ball, the, the guy is electric. You you think okay, this could go to the house. This could be a crib call. You had that a little bit with Kadarius Tony, or probably a lot of it with Kadarius Tony. But then, like, who else before that? So, like, yeah, he's in that. Kadarius Tony wasn't. Kadarius Tony wasn't as twitched. Uh, he just was could juke you and make and make yeah. you miss. I think, and that wasn't Percy Harvin. Wasn't no juke you guy. It was just he he hit it. and His first step yeah. was crazy. It's and it, I and think Trey had that that first step is yeah. bananas, man. Like, there's no yeah. angle on him in a lot of positions. And yeah. the only thing that Trey is missing right now is Urban Meyer. I'm going to be <laughs> real with you. I think I think he's talent-wise, just straight-up straight-line speed, football savviness. He wants that ball. He want to score every time you get it. I just think you, you just got to put him in the right position, you know, and that's what Urban Meyer and, and Dan Mullen was good at that time, was getting Percy in the right position. He was taking wildcat touches, however they could get him the ball. It was get Percy the ball because he's just that good. And that's the only thing Trey missing right now is just – get trade the ball but as far as skills and speed and explosiveness that boy twitched up man yeah yeah, that, yeah that, he I looked shot out of a cannon 
Yeah, yeah. I wrote that this week. I mean, like, I think it was against South Carolina, maybe. Like, they just ran a counter. They lined up Percy at running back and just ran a regular counter. Give him the ball, the house. It's like, yeah. listen, ha- uh, Shadson Harrison, speed in space. Just get Trey Wilson the ball. Um, gotcha. It's exciting when he when he has the ball in his hands. It reminds me of what Jacquez Green posts on uh, on X or Twitter all the time, and it's one speed go. Uh, yeah. He definitely has that one speed go. Uh, I tweeted it. Haven't really seen that kind of speed in a in a long time. Um, I'm excited to see uh, what he becomes. Um, mm-hmm. Remember, Percy Harvin, uh, as a freshman, was one of the top-ranked players in the country. Uh, one website had him ranked as the number one player in the country. Those expectations – are very, very high. I, I think that Trey Wilson uh, is about as close as the Gators have as a freshman of that first step speed uh, that the yeah, Gators right. have been missing. Yeah. Right. Cool. Right. I like, I like the measuring good. sticks. Like, keep the measuring sticks around. Compare, compare, compare to these people to the legends because, I mean, that's, that's, that's why they're here, to be compared. And then, you know, that pushes you. If you ain't got nobody, no great ones to compare them to, then they just gonna be around. Well, thinking they the greatest. Nah, you're not, bro. Like, see if you can get as good as this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, that so I like the I like the measuring sticks. I'd be a good Instagram reel. Um, all right, so let's get into your <laughs> thoughts on uh, the Tennessee game. Um, Tennessee is two and zero. They beat Virginia and then Austin P. Uh, didn't look great uh, in probably either game. Pulled away from Virginia there in the third, uh, second half of the third quarter and fourth quarter. Uh, didn't look great against Austin P. But again, Silk, you mentioned it. Head coach Josh Heupel is probably one of, if not uh, the best offensive coaches in college football right now. Give us kind of what you guys have seen, read about uh, about Tennessee in, in, in this game this weekend. <clears throat> I like I what I've D- seen from him. Go ahead, Nick. <laughs> I, I think T- I think Tennessee, kind of like Florida. I don't know that anyone, you know, in particular on Florida's defense is going to be an All SEC player. And I think the improvement we've talked about about Florida's defense is the depth and and you're being able to rotate guys, keep guys fresh. It'll be interesting to see if they have the opportunities to rotate as much as they have, just with the pace that Tennessee runs their offense. Um, but Tennessee's deeper. I think Tennessee's offense was terrible last year and, and they've gotten deeper they're doing the same kind of things that that florida is keeping guys Tennessee's fresh, offense was terrible defense last year? defense oh defense i'm sorry defense their defense uh and obviously as as you've mentioned a couple times now dan the the pace of play um that florida plays with will allow and the way that they rotate players in and out will allow tennessee to rotate more defensively than i think florida will be able to uh against Some the balls Something interesting, Nick. Tennessee has only had 11 more offensive plays this season than the Gators have. They've scored more. Well, I guess you have 49 plays, uh, long yeah. drives against McNeese. Um, but Virginia did go and lose to James Madison. Uh, I've been told James Madison is a great program. Um, the Dukes. Sure. Uh, but I, I don't know <laughs> what to make about that win uh, over Virginia when they turn around the following week and, and lose to James Madison. So, yeah, it. Uh, I think for me, it's going to be a matchup. Can Florida run the ball? Um, I'm getting more and more trust in Graham Mertz to not turn the ball over. Now, this is a a big difference in competition. This Tennessee team is one that most people pick to finish second to Georgia in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I, I'd feel good about Florida's chances. I'm interested to know, you know, well, I'll ask Billy Napier later today, 
how do they treat these games? Do they treat these games differently? In my opinion, nameless, you know, faceless. nameless, faceless, shut up. This is Tennessee week. Uh, it's Georgia week. It's LSU week. It's Florida state week. Those games are different than, Hey, Arkansas is coming in, even mm-hmm. though Arkansas is an SEC opponent, you shouldn't have the same feeling. You should have some hate in your heart this week. Um, if you're in either locker room. Um, so how do you handle this week? Is it an emphasis as Tennessee and listen, I don't expect Billy Napier to say, yeah, uh, but at least privately behind closed doors, you don't need to do it in front of the microphone, you know, behind the podium. But I think you should be treating these games these weeks differently. Yeah, you got to turn up the, the intensity a little bit. Um, I don't know what the key to this be. I just got to. I just think we play defense will be fine. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of the offense. Run game is. Just, I already said a lot of this, but run game is going to be super important. Uh, establishing that we got away from it too fast. Trey Wallace said the same thing from the Utah. That was my take. Um, I thought we was getting. I know we was getting five a pop the first half, but carries of seven and, and three between Montreal and Etienne just not going to get it done. You're not going to be balanced, and you don't. We can't survive, and no team is going to survive. We said this last year with AR. He shouldn't have been throwing 40-plus passes, mm-hmm. uh, and damn sure Graham Mertz shouldn't be either. Um, so we just got to be balanced on offense. Um, offensive line needs to protect Graham, needs to execute, uh, needs some leadership in the offensive line. We're pointing out you know, blitzes, disguise blitzes, whatever it may be, um, but protection of the quarterback, controlling the turnovers is going to be super key. Uh, we need more young wide receivers to separate. Mm-hmm. I do like the the the, the whatever I, what I've seen out of the receivers um, so far. It's gonna be curious. I think we gotta watch Jaquavion Frazier. I think he only got three snaps this last game, so he may be on transfer watch as well. Uh, but the young wide receivers is you know it's time to grow up. Um, we'll see what Eugene Wilson could do. I already got him as my X factor. Uh, Shamar James and Scooby Williams have just mm-hmm. been a pair of dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think this is a game that they're they're gonna be the banking on their running game to get off this week. Uh, Joe Milton is going to struggle in that loud stadium. It's the swamp. It's going to be rocking. Second home game, rivalry. I, I don't think Joe Milton's built to to survive a, a swamp in a defense that we got right now. But if Scooby Williams and, and Shamar come in locked in on their game like they have been week one and week two and we shut down their run game, uh, we could get a couple interceptions and run away with this mm-hmm. thing. But um, it's going to be key. We just got to take care of business. I also think the SEC East is wide open. You know, it's a lot of teams struggling. We we struggled week one, looked look incompetent and a little, you know, disorganized. But I watched Kentucky play. I watched Tennessee play. I'm watching Georgia play. Um, this this league, college football itself, it's a lot of parity. It's wide open. We just got to take care of football on our end. You know, grow up fast. We don't have a senior on our three deep on defense. Um, that bodes well for the future. Um, but it also puts things in perspective that we're a very young team. Mm-hmm. But they flying around, they getting to it. And give me more TJ Searcy and more Kevin Collins early in this game. Give me that energy. I just like the energy of TJ Searcy. That's my guy mm-hmm. right now, my favorite player on defense right now. Play the mm-hmm. young boy. Yeah. No, Silk, I think you hit the nail on the head. And Tom Gore said, thank you, Silk. Somebody's got to keep this stuff real. Uh, Silk has always been been one of the realists. He keeps it real on the Ville. Um, Depends on who you're talking to. And ill in the Ville, right? Um, so a couple yeah. of things I think you guys 
uh, really uh, hit all of the uh, nails on the head there. We talked about third down defense that the Gators have been playing uh, this year. I think that that's going to be important. Tennessee's only eight of 25. Uh, they went three of 12 on third down against Austin P. So, Again, making sure that you force those those uh, third down uh, into fourth down conversions for them. Um, and then, again, in the red zone, uh, trying to limit them. Tennessee has scored on all but one uh, of the times that they've been in the red zone, so trying to keep them out of that. And then the rushing attack. Uh, Tennessee has six rushing touchdowns uh, on the season. Joe Milton's numbers are relatively pedestrian for playing Virginia and Austin P. Uh, but their rushing attack has been solid this year. So, again, Silk, you mentioned your Shamar James, uh, your TJ Searcy's. And then this is the game that I'd really like to see a coming-out party for Princely if he's going to have one um has been pretty under the radar did get a sack uh last game but want to see a little bit more out of him want to see us get after joe milton force him to throw the ball because i just don't think that he's that accurate and i don't think that he if you force him to throw the ball that tennessee's gonna win this game but i want to see that push there and then I want to make sure that we're not abandoning the run. Obviously, we saw Montreal Johnson have an incredible game uh, against um, against McNeese State. You know, Trevor Etienne and, and Trayon Webb had good games as well. But obviously, they showed that they have that ability if you block and you allow them to get into the open field to make an impact in the game. So don't abandon that run. Make it a balanced offense. I think that Graham Mertz, Silk, I think that he made a good point uh, to Trey. I, I think they have the ability to move the ball down the field with Graham Mertz at quarterback. Now it's a matter of making sure that you keep the pace uh, in the right spot and that you also have that ability to go to the running backs uh, when needed uh, in this game. Um, but I, I really do like Florida's chances. You know, Tennessee, obviously, I, you know, if you would have asked me before the season, I would have thought that Tennessee was going to probably win this game. Now you'll find out here in a few minutes what my pick is, but I'm not as bullish on Tennessee as I, uh, as I was before the season started. Surprise, Boy, surprise, surprise. Nah, not, Boy, not, not bullish on Tennessee. Um, are you guys ready to play? A little buy or sell segment. Bro, we need someone to come up. We have a lot of talented listeners. We need someone to come up with a buy or sell jingle for Dan. He can just push a little button and we have yeah, a buy yeah. or sell jingle. We yeah. Also, there's like 200 people watching right now and like 50 likes. Yeah, hit the like 150 button. haters. That's crazy. 150 yeah, yeah, y'all yeah. just sitting here hating like that, bro. If all the like the like is free, it don't even yeah, cost yeah. nothing. Yeah. If if everybody that's watching now it's the like button. We'll have more likes than Miami had fans this weekend against Texas A&M. Hey, uh, hey. Buy, buy or sell segment. Real Gator. quick. They were offering yeah. buy one, get one tickets. They were like, if you please, please, please buy a ticket to the Texas A&M game, we'll give you that Bethune one for free. And, and those Miami fans were like, nah, I'm good, homie. <laughs> yeah. Like, you trying to try trick me to come to Bethune. I see what you're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> <bro. laughs> Uh, Let's I see what pool. you're trying I, to do. I got a pool party to attend, man. Watch out. <laughs> yeah, Liv isn't going to uh, party itself. All right, guys, buy or sell. Uh, if you have a jingle, uh, please send it our way. Uh, Gators get 200 yards rushing. Buy or sell. Buy. Hey, you feeling good today, huh, Nick? Mm, buying that more than I'm buying life wallet stock. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> and they just got a notice from the NASDAQ about delisting. Incredible. Oh, no. Who would have thought it? Mm. You see, one to your house, too. Do you got to delist it? Uh, What's your job here? Well, well, hold, hold on. Lawsuit. Hold on. With your investments, are you going to be able to pay for the hotel uh, here today? 
might need the cash uh, up front. I think I'll be all right. Okay. I think I'll be all right. So, 200 yards rushing. Oh, that's, a, that's, that's, that's toting it. That's toting it. All right. And then uh, – Yeah, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'm going to buy it. That's a tough right. buy, but it ain't my money. I'm going to spend it like Rudy spent it. Mm. Like he spent Dan's money. <laughs> I just <laughs> – the concern is at an all-time high, Silk. Concerns at an all-time high. I am going to sell, unfortunately. Um, do, you oh. see, do you see what I've been doing, Silk? We're on a PR reversal tour. Negative no, Nick is no was... more. Now Dan. Mm. That's because mm -hmm. I know what the questions are going to be, Nick. So I know mm -hmm. how to uh, position mm -hmm. myself in the future. All right. A Gators plus one. Uh, on turnover margin, which means that the Gators will have at least one more turnover than Tennessee does. Big buy. Big buy. Sorry, I'm going to buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three buys mm. there. Three buys there. Um, are the Gators going to hold Joe Milton to under 225 yards passing? Just so you guys know, he had 212 against Virginia and 228 against Austin P. Bye. I hope so. Where's the code I at? So. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, give me, give me. I'm buying that. I think he's gonna have some tough passing windows if he struggled versus mm -hmm. Virginia and, and James Madison. Uh, I expect Austin P. I, I apologize to James Madison. Uh, if he struggled with those two, I expect the windows to be a lot smaller this week. Uh, with, with the corners that we have on the outside, and I hope Devin Moore is back and, and ready to play this. We also got another DB tape before we get the next buy. I think they should find a way, even though Jaden Hill's playing well, like find a way to get one of those three. Sharif as well. I like I like Sharif, the young boy, get him more rest. But him and Castell on the field at the same time creeps me out with two freshmen. That that'll be a little scary. But I wouldn't mind seeing uh one of the three of Jalen Kimber or Jalen Kimber or Devin Moore working out at the star. I think both of those guys are really good DBs and they I think they can slide inside with no problem. Uh instead of having one on the bench. I think I don't, I don't know that Devin Moore's repped that in practice, but I think Kimber he has. should. But like Kimber, Kimber had? I That's think interesting. So. interesting. Yeah, I think we saw I think we saw Kimber there a bit last year too during the season. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Uh, I bought Life Wallet. Um, <laughs> so I bought as well. Um, the Gators, this is an offensive line question. The Gators allow three sacks or less. Talked about the pass rush at Tennessee. I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell. I think um, I think I saw five against Utah. I think Tennessee is going to, you know, hey, if, if, if we can stop the run and then we can get pressure on Graham Mertz when they get into obvious pass situations, I think Florida will get Kingsley Aguacan back this week. Um, but I don't know that I'm ready to buy on Florida's offensive line right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm selling there as well. They got They got to show me. I can't. I can't be spending Ruiz money like that. Yeah, I think we've got three sells on that one too. Uh, and then uh, there's two Graham Mertz questions. Um, Graham Mertz is averaging a little bit more than seventy percent, uh, almost seventy four percent on his completion rate uh, for the season. Graham Mertz, sixty nine percent completion percentage or higher. Nice. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Buying it. 
in sync. Um, sixty-nine percent. I'm uh, under. I think it'll be over sixty. Uh, but I mean, we're talking seventy percent completion percentage. That's that's a lot of east-west throwing to get to that seventy. I think the Gators do a lot of east-west throwing, so I'm going to buy. That's factoroni Tony. Yeah, factoroni Tony. Factoroni Tony. Uh, and then finally, Graham Mertz, 225 yards passing or more. I'm going to buy. Uh, repeat that for me. 225 yards passing by Mr. Graham Mertz. I mean, that's a, we got, that's a lot of offense there. So if we said 200 rushing, uh, that's a we're getting close to a 500 yard day. Man, that, that sounds like the type of production you need to win the SEC game, brother. Mm. let's go bye wow no one's keeping track of these this year. i don't even know, who oh, I don't no, even know who, who track. oh we lost ben chase so we, we lost ben we lost ben but that's okay we're gonna find we're, we'll we'll do it ourselves uh that's i'm gonna sure. buy i'm gonna buy um that's, oh, that's uh, positivity that's tony right there positivity's feeling good on Tony. Positivity Tony right there. I like Eugene Wilson to have a, a 40 yard uh plus completion. Uh I like the Gators um to move the ball on this Tennessee defense, assuming that they can get the ball out quickly, and that's gonna fall on the offensive line. Uh let's choose a winner on offense first. Each player, each each guy gets one player on offense. Who do you got? Nick. Silk, you'll number, start with defense. Number two, Montrell Johnson. Um, I would like to be able to just make the running back call, uh, but if you're going to make me pick just one guy, um, I, I didn't know why Montrell Johnson wasn't getting any postseason hype or preseason hype. I thought him and Trevor Etienne are kind of the same, um, but give me Montrell. That's your starter. I think Florida should should be able to run the ball. I think Rob Sale, Darnell Stapleton, you just you're grabbing face masks this week and you say, listen, we have to run the ball. You've got to create lanes. You've got to make a new line of scrimmage upfield, not backfield. Um, give me Montreal. So what's the question? Is it... Just pick an offensive player that's you think mm. is gonna be the the impact player on offense. Uh I got my X Factor is Eugene, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go my my, my roof is getting redone, man. Sorry if y'all hear that banging. But uh, I'm going to go Caleb Douglas. How about that one? Uh, I know Ricky Pearsall has been getting a lot of attention. You know, we're talking about a lot of different players. But Caleb Douglas made some some uh, big-time plays, I thought, in the Utah game uh, with some of the catches he brought down. Uh, so mark me down for Caleb Douglas. I think he has a coming-out party this week. All right. And I'm going to go with, with pretty Ricky. Defense. Silk, we'll start with you. Pick your defensive MVP. I think I already know it's going to be. Nah, I'm going Shamar James. We ah, got to shut down that right. run game. I was I almost went schools, but Shamar has been great. Now I think he graded out our top defender the first two weeks. I think he was 84.5 or something this past week. So just give me Shamar. You know, he's running around like a superhero back there. Um, mm, yeah, safe pick. I always when I whenever you say his full name, I hear like that uh that LeBron James kid, the Shamar James. I hear I hear it like that. That's hilarious. Um that's just how my weird brain works. Um I'm gonna go with 
I think Florida gets multiple interceptions, two plus interceptions this week. And I think I ran into him after the game last week and I told him exactly what you just said in the podcast. Silk, I said, my guy, you, you batted it down uh, like you, you were on the volleyball team, spiking Ooh. that thing over the net. You got to get your hands on it. I think Jakeem Jackson gets his first interception uh, of his career this uh, this week. So I'm going with Jakeem. Ja. I like that pick, Nick. I like that pick. But not Nick so far. Was safe. Uh, I, I think Shamar is – it was safe. And it was going to be – Shamar's safe. Like he, right. Shamar's safe. That, that'd, yeah. be like, that'd be like if we were doing this during, like, the Tebow era and, and you got the first pick on the offense and you're like, ah, I'm going to go out on a limb and take that Tebow character for my Offensive Player of the Week this week. That's why I almost went Scoobs. But, you know, that would have been – then Shamar, I go Scoops. How about that? No, you already here. wrote down you, you Shamar. Went, you went, Sorry. Uh, uh, K- hey, K- hey, you keep Shamar. It don't matter. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be right about this. So. <laughs> well, Caleb, I can't Caleb's go wrong with Shamar. Caleb's coming yeah, Caleb there, like, is definitely, yeah, for sure. Caleb's a good not, pick. Not that it's like uh, a crazy pick. I think he's got he's got a crazy ability. When like went Randy Moss week one um, at Utah, like kids got talent. Um, but, like, it's not like a – a Dan going safe, Ricky, me going safe, picking pick Montrell. So you're allowed to go safe on defense. JB said they clone Nick, not used to all this positivity. But yeah, it, might, it might be the ring. <laughs> Who cloned it, Nick? It, it might be the ring. All right. Uh, I'm going with uh, – I like Nick's DB pick. I uh, wrote down Jalen Kimber uh, for my pick. I like him to get an interception. I like the way that he's playing. I don't think that they're going to test Jason Marshall as much. I think they're going to have to test Jalen Kimber, Jakeem Jackson, that kind of side of the field. So I'm going to go Jalen Kimber. Silk, I thought you were going to go with TJ Searcy. Um, I don't know how many reps he's going to get. You know, point. that's 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 the thing with that. He's a he's a freshman. I want. I hope he get early reps. But if I just got to go with the number of snaps on the field, I think Shamar James would be more effective because he's going to be on the field a lot. I like that pick. I also liked uh, that that hit that Scooby had. I think it was in the uh, the second quarter. The picture perfect. Um, all right, gentlemen, uh, we are getting towards the end. The line right now is a little bit all over the place, so I expect yeah. these lines to bounce a bit as well. Um, I've seen the Gators plus seven. I've seen the Gators plus four and a half. Four and a half. Um, we'll split that somewhat in the middle. Let's make our own line of Gators. Uh, plus five and a half. Um, Nick, you taking the Gators plus five and a half? Florida wins outright. So, yeah, I'll take the points, but I'm taking the money line. Who right. is this guy? I don't know who this is y'all brought on my show. I'm with, we got a drug test or, or, or investigate. Oh. Let's send some people oh. over to Nick's house and make sure it's... Wait till Kentucky week. I'll disappoint you. Kentucky is looking more mid than Tennessee, so you're going to have to really... Figure something out here, Nick. If we beat Tennessee, I'm going to start lying. I'm going to be real with you. <laughs> I'm going to start lying. I think, Flor- lie. I think Florida, listen, I've watched I've watched Tennessee get real creative losing in Gainesville. Um, I'm expecting, you know, uh, in my negative Nick days, like uh, 88,000 last week. Okay. Sure, Jan. Um, I, I expect. Cold, baby. Yeah, I expect 88,000 plus um, in the swamp. Um it, the swamp is a cathedral. Mass is at seven. I think uh, people will start their own holy communion around seven a.m. Like it's going to be a rowdy, rowdy crowd. Um, yeah, last week, baby. last week gave you enough um, to feel good about this matchup. 
Um, I expect a, a crazy crowd. I don't think it, listen, this is going to be Joe Milton's first real road game. I mean, I know they played in Nashville week one, but that's you're just down the road. So it's a two hour drive. Um, it's a whole different ball game. Uh, I like Florida to win this game. Take the points if you want, but money line yeah. pays more. Again, this is not betting advice in real life, but up the bets, you know, outright win. I got Florida, of course, I'm covering the spread. I, I think we win at home. We'll see what's up. What like you got, that Dan? Take still. I like the Gators money line too, but I'll take the five and a half. I'll take the seven. I'll take the four and a half. I like the Gators to beat Tennessee this week. Over under 58 and a half. Over or under. And a half? Over no, under. 58 point. and a half is over that's under. That's total that's game. Oh, I was about to point, say what? Oh, they expecting a, a real shootout here, bro. Something <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'll take the over. Oh, Nick, over. Right. over. We, we, we got you got any more? Oh, can I ask you guys a question? That's it. That ends that segment. So, oh, All just right. quickly before we do that, before you ask her question, uh, game is at seven o'clock. No, game day will not be there. Uh, wear blue. That shouldn't be something that has to uh, be reminded against Tennessee, but wear blue. Uh, against Tennessee. So, your question. Oh, people were coming at me. I, I said, like, last, I was like, hey, just like letting you know, Florida said to wear blue. Um, I was like, it hasn't really worked in the past. And people were like, well, they don't do it. Like, getting defensive about it. I'm like, listen, dude, you, you watched on TV or you were in the stands. Like, it, it didn't work when they said to wear white last week. Like, I'm not, I'm not opining anything. But to me, intuitive. When Kentucky's in Gainesville, you wear orange or you wear white. You don't wear blue. When Tennessee's in Gainesville, you wear blue or you wear white. You don't wear orange. Like, that's just intuitive to me. So, uh, they have done it well in the past. That that South Carolina game is the first one I remember. I think that was 2010, the, the blue out they had. Um, shout out to Arrested Development. Um, we just want everybody color-coded so if things go array, you don't get beat up. You know, like you're in the right <laughs> – in the right colors, you know, if you're in orange, yeah. we see you from behind, we start mugging Tennessee fans. We think, and then, oh man, it's one of our own. I'm no just friendly joking. fire, yeah, no friendly fire if you got on blue. So, y'all wear blue, all right. So, you got a question? What goes what what what, what goes wrong if, if, if for us to like what does Tennessee have to do to win? That's why I want to ask y'all, like, what, what do we do wrong? How do we lose this game? Um, you, you're going to lose the turnover battle, um, which, you know, Graham Mertz, only one interception, um, but hasn't even really had too many close calls. Uh, interceptions were a big problem last last year. So if Florida can't run the ball and you get into – you get behind the sticks and you get into obvious passing situations, how does Graham Mertz do throwing under pressure? Does he start to put too much on himself? His first SEC game as well. It's going to be – uh, a, a great crowd. They'll be quiet when he's on the field at least, but what does Graham Mertz do if they gets into a situation where Tennessee's winning and now they're, they've won or winning on the scoreboard and winning in their game plan, forcing Graham Mertz to win a game with his arm. If Florida loses the turnover battle, if Graham Mertz has a couple interceptions, I just don't think Florida one is built to come from behind and two, not built to, um, you know, withstand, uh, losing a turnover battle and winning a game. 
Um, I think that that's, that's good. Uh, I think it, it really rests on the offensive line. We saw a big improvement uh, last week, but we have to see that continued improvement and maturation of that offensive line. You get Kingsley walking back. That certainly helps. But I think that this game, both running the ball and passing the ball, so reliant on them not being turnstiles. We saw it against Utah that they just didn't look very good. Hopefully with that continued coaching and improvement, they look better. But if that offensive line isn't able to protect and the rest of the offense uh, can't operate, and that's that's how Florida shoots itself in the foot this game. Yeah, I think running the ball is super important. If we can't get the run game off, I think it can get a little weird. As, as Every game we've seen Billy coach win. We, we haven't been able to run the ball, and we're throwing the ball 40 times a game. This is not a winning uh, formula. Uh, and getting, I think, scoring first, you know, playing with a lead, they, the defense plays different. Uh, the, the game, the time of the games, like playing with a lead, the way the new time is set up is is beneficial to, to have a lead and play with a lead, especially mm-hmm. when we're taking our sweet-ass time as far as time management. So I think the time management is going to be very key to all of this, scoring first, and then, you know, if you're playing with a lead, you know, that urgency is a little bit different, and, and I don't think Billy's in a hurry to do anything, so I want the lead. I think that's very important. I like that. I like that. Uh, gentlemen, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I don't got no more thoughts, man. You know, check finals, finals this weekend. Hit yeah. my DMs up if you're in town for the Tennessee game. Uh, we shoot our vlog. If you haven't checked it out, check the Roll Up Networks page as well. We have mm-hmm. a vlog from Miami, vlogs from Florida State. This is going to be our Gator vlog this week. We'll share it on. Um, Stadium Miguel and also the roll up page, so you can check those out. But we're gonna be in town. I think Randy Russell's riding up with me, so me and him will be in town together. It'll be some more Gators that I'm linking up with. Uh, we'll see if we can link up with Jinx, he's gonna be in town, Jack Rabbit. So we're gonna be vibing a little bit. Make the visual, we shooting 4K. Shout out to my guy Lion. Uh, we're trying to get off of the screen yard and do more things in person and engage with the fans and the community. So find us, yeah, That's please it. do. Yeah, Silk, Silk mentioned it. We will let you guys know where we're at. Uh, but please hit us up on Twitter uh, if or Instagram if you're looking for us. We are going to be there. We're going to be there for a long time on Saturday before the game starts. And would love to meet as many of you as possible. Uh, and finally, if you are going to Gainesville, please go swing by Alumni Hall. Go visit them on Archer Road right after you get off of 75. Go visit them. Latest and greatest in all Florida Gators wear, apparel, accessories, uh, grilling accessories, all that kind of fun stuff that you might need for your tailgate. Uh, or if you are looking for a blue shirt, because maybe you only have an orange shirt, that's okay. Alumni Hall will have one for you in stock. Go check them out on Archer Road or alumnihall.com. And we will see you guys at the same corner, same time next week. Don't forget to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, buy from the sponsors here. And we'll see you guys next week. You get a song? Oh, yeah. Song of the week. It was me last um, week. So I guess it's me. Um, let's yeah, I'm going to skip the try, bro. I should have just oh. let you skip the try. You know? Oh, man. No, 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 no. Uh, Tyler Childers put out a new album this weekend, which uh, mm. everybody I know was on pins and needles waiting for. Uh, so we'll go with Tyler Childers' new song uh, called R- Rustin in the Rain. So... Uh, We'll see you guys at the same corner, same time next week. And find us at a tailgate. Go Gators.